0: Hello and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill, and my blog describes my experiences of watching over eight hundred comedians and counting over the last forty-six years. My guest today is the wonderful Sakisa. Yay! Yay!
1: Yay! Yeah. Hello! Hello! <laughs> How are you? And good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you very
0: much. It's lovely to see you, and thank you so much for doing this.
1: No, thank you for having me. This is absolutely lovely to be here with good old friends.
0: <laughs> My pleasure. Well, we're going to talk about your comedy career over the next hour or so, and I'd like you—I'd like you to start by by um, saying how did you become a comedian in the first place?
1: Um. So I became a comedian, uh, so I basically worked in a pub uh, for a number of years and still wow. technically work there. Um, that is called the Cavendish Arms in Stockwell and they run Comedy Virgins. So I was working behind the bar Right. and my manager, the landlord, Shirley, was like, you're funny. Why don't you give it a go? And I was like, <laughs> And at the time, like, we had people like Dame Baptiste, Tom Ward coming yeah. through, so I knew all of those people from, like, seeing them on stage or, like, just being behind the bar and just having banter. And then I tried it out, and my first routine was me talking about lines for five minutes. <laughs> which, which, on reflection, wasn't that funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, I remember the I remember the concept of the story just or like me ranting I should say more or less on stage was I didn't appreciate the fact that lions are kept in zoos um right. and that whenever that they, they get like attack someone of the public at a zoo they're always they're always the ones that are affected. I'm like it's not their fault they're lions. Like <laughs> of course they're going to kill someone. They are lions. <laughs> stop keeping them in cages so I remember my rant was about that for like five minutes and then I was like oh this is not really for me and then I did continue to try and give it goes and like co a rant but then I didn't really properly think I could do it till maybe like 2017 but, and that's when I was like, oh, we can give this a go. And then I was working behind. I was doing the sound for Comedy Virgins at that time. I was like, we can, we see. I see like twenty comedians during the, during a yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. And and like three three a quarter of them were crap. Uh, not in a bad <laughs> way, but like not in a bad way. But you're like, you would be like, oh, you're just doing it for the fun of it. They wasn't actually putting effort into it. And I was like, ah, uh, I could probably do that. And then I did, thats when I kind of was like, let's write down some jokes, and so, then just give us a 2017 was it when
0: you? Yeah, that? 2017. Yeah, um, I, kn- I know I uh, know comedy virgins very well. I know the Cavendish Arms at Stockwell very well. I used to go there all the time. It's it's every Tuesday night, isn't it?
1: Well it was it started off being every Tuesday night and then it expanded to Monday and Tuesdays. Right. And then it grew to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I used to MC there on a Wednesday. Right. After I took over from Paul Langton who left. And then over the last obviously before lockdown couple of years they've kind of like expanded to do like saturdays yes yeah. sundays afternoons so basically if there's like a free day that the Cavendish has without a booking they'll just put in a comedy versions and they realize that people will still come down because there's so many comics in london so,
0: oh, so <laughs> tell me about it that's why I'm writing my blog. I've got I, 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 the last count; it was 842. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping yeah. by the end of it, I'll get over a thousand because uh, the first the first show I ever saw was in 1975, and it was Les Dawson in Scarborough, and it oh, was wow. fantastic. And then I saw Tommy Cooper the year later, and I was hooked. So, um, uh, but I, I've been in London for 28 years. Yeah, and uh, I used to go to the comedy store a lot, and uh, just wonderful stuff, one, one, wonderful, wonderful times. Um, yeah,
1: because it's it's weird, like obviously that you've done like so many venues, yeah. and like, when I was starting out, I hadn't seen a lot of like mainstream comedy. I used right. to go to quite a lot of urban comedian shows, but like I've never seen many, like I never had been to the comedy store. Yeah, had yeah. never, and they had. Cavendish was the only comedy version was the only real place
0: that I saw comedy what I I love about places like the Cavendish Arms is they, as you say you get about 20 comedians on and they've got 5 minutes and so um, the comedian who goes on normally goes with a friend and I'm, yeah. no, I'm normally the friend <laughs> 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 so I sit there and I listen and it's great and, and I, I, have, I have a wonderful time similar to Birdies that's the other one I go to where uh, Brendan O'Donoghue yeah. uh, is the compere there and Jimmy Bird runs it and yeah. um, uh, um, a friend of mine who um, started out in comedy he got a he, he got a comedy course and he asked me to go along and be his, be his five-minute friend. And I sat there for ten shows listening to the same jokes, but I was laughing in <laughs> all the right places. Oh, you're comedy gold, Rich, you really are. Yeah, you're so,
1: the best type of plus one. You're the best type. Yeah.
0: So you're on stage doing your comedy, um, what do you mainly like to talk about? Do you have any themes, or do you have anything that you want that you specifically want to talk about?
1: Well, what I'm on say so uh, it's normally I normally end up talking about things that relate to me right. in my life. So that it's normally like my family, the fact that I'm still like not married, but right. well, all my friends are married and I have kids. I talk about dick quite a lot. Nice. Um <laughs> so I do it quite a lot uh, I talk about immigration because yeah. I'm associated with that I talk about race obviously being a person of colour <clears throat> yeah. um, so that's my dad in the background just coughing Hello, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so yeah so I just talk about things that I can relate to or that I think people can relate to as well especially obviously being a woman person of colour I think it's important to talk about certain things on stage but obviously not to lecture yeah
0: yeah Um, of course yeah yeah.
1: I think my aspect of like stand-up is to talk about things that are fun and like I think my type of stand-up is... I'm not really clever with any of my jokes it's more just me just talking about stuff that I want to talk about. i like, let's just get on stage and talk about some stuff, shall we? Yay! Well, I've
0: <laughs> seen you many times and uh, I, I love your confidence and I love the ranting and it's intelligent as well as very, very funny. So um, uh, I, I do wish you every success because uh, I think you're certainly they say one to watch but I've been watching you for about two or three years and and you just get better and better and better as you go along.
1: Oh, Um, thank you.
0: My pleasure. Uh, Did you ever find it difficult at all to break through into comedy because some comedians uh, have... Start They all start off as with different careers, and then they say to themselves, like you did, "Oh, I could have a go at doing this." Did did you did you ever find it difficult at all? Were you nervous on stage? Were you not I, very confident?
1: I used to be a dancer, so I used to dance quite right. a lot when I was younger. So, I performances is, is 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 something that I can allude, and I've, a lot of people love to comment that my acts or stand up is more uh performance than material, if you yeah. want to put it that way, which is fine i mean you can't you can't teach personality um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't teach personality but um, so performance what like I can always sell something, yeah, my problem when I started doing stand up and especially like getting into it properly was i would i'd never used to write a full joke, right. like I would just had an idea and I would always just try and riff around the idea until it kind of worked and then that would be my joke and it wasn't until maybe until like a year and a half, two years ago that I started actually writing jokes um, like full jokes and obviously like the joke would never come out the same way that I wrote it but it was the effort that I had to put in to write a joke people also like you mentioned that I appear to be confident on stage I'm I'm quite a shy person I'm quite isolated in general because I'm the only child So I always grew up quite like a a shy person, like I'm I can have conversations with people and I can make friends and we can have banter. But I'm generally quite a shy person. I'm not really good with words. So being on stage and doing like public speaking was um, something that was always going to be a challenge for me. Um, And I do get nervous, especially if it's like a place that I've never done before. I always get nervous because I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know, obviously, the type of audience. I don't know how they're going to take me. But normally, once it's done the first time, I get less nervous. Like, I can do angel comedy. Even if it goes badly, I can do that. I can do the cav really badly the first time I did always be comedy live I yeah. was a nervous wreck I was like don't know how this is gonna go even though they've seen me online it's different when you see me in person so you just you just never know like how people are going to react to you so I I always get a little bit nervous before a show that I've never done before but once I get out of the way and I, I know that I can do it I can, like the audience will appreciate the jokes uh, and me, I should say, it's more—it's more, it's more really not to do with the jokes. It's more to do with me as a person. Right. If they accept me as a person in a venue at this, at this, and people are laughing, then I normally I'm fine with my nerves. After that, I can just go back and just do it again because I know that what I do works at that venue. Are
0: you are you saying that once you start your act, then the nerves go and you're fine, or do you have to? wait a minute or two to see what the audience is gonna be like or, or or
1: what? I I have to like get through and depends on obviously the set that you're yeah, doing. Yeah. And obviously like if it's a place that I've never done before, then we have to bang out a, a gold joke to make sure that you your nerves are on right. par. Yeah. And once that joke kids then I'm normally fine then you're fine so, yeah, yeah. It's, in,
0: it's interesting because I always remember um, I was on a training course once and they said to me um, you need to teach somebody how to do something and you'll be uh, recorded doing this and you, and you have to go mm-hmm. and do public speaking and all the rest of it so I thought alright I'm going to teach the person the only can trick I know and I' done it for years and years and years, and I stood up on stage, and I forgot it. it all went wrong, and I forgot it yeah, and I thought i was I was very confident beforehand, but then I went to pieces because it all went wrong, you know, so um so it's interesting um uh, it's an interesting one, confidence, but um, it's a reason why it's a reason why I write the blog because um, the, my blog is an enthuse for all the people who get up there and actually have a go. You know, it's an it's 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 it's, it's a wonderful thing to watch when it's done well, and you do do it very very well. You know, so oh, thank you, thank you.
1: you Just giving the compliments,
0: give me. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but I would like even
1: even at comedy virgins because obviously you will see people that come there and do comedy for the very first time and i do think it's one of the best places to do it yeah um i like people you can see that some people are nervous you can see them beforehand like walking up and down room, like going through their set before the show actually starts and you can if you look into it you can see that like, some people are like anxious nervous and yeah. some people's sets may not go the best but i always tell people like you should do it at least once and always just come back and do it again Mm. because it is infectious. Um, There was a point where I didn't think I could do it and I wanted to give it up, but then you realise that it is quite infectious to like make people laugh and to have people like you and have the confidence to be able to like, be like, yeah, I can go out and tell some jokes, especially like I say, as a a black woman in this day and age, Mm. like, I very much like. I am going to talk, talk, talk until you accept me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you were when you were on stage at some point in your comedy career, when was there a point where you thought to yourself, "Yes, I can do this, and I can try and make a career out of this"?
1: Um, it probably was um, the BBC competition. Um, um, before then, I was kind of like. People were like, oh, that's just a girl from the Cavendish. People never really took me seriously. Um, I don't even think today some people still take me seriously uh, in terms of comedy, but like, I I, I, I just kind of was like, I entered the competition. I don't like competitions anyway. Competitions give me massive anxiety because I just, because you're like, people are there to judge you. It's the same with like industry yeah. shows. People are there judging you, whereas at a normal stand-up show, people are there to enjoy you. And yes, that's yeah, different, yeah. Um, and I don't like the feeling of being judged. So like competitions is already give me anxiety. And I remember doing the heat with uh, huge Davies. Um, he's obviously a lovely friend of mine and uh, Daniel Aldrich, who's an amazing writer. and we all got through. And I remember this this is interesting. Uh, never thought that was going to happen. And then going up to Edinburgh and doing the semi-final, I actually lost my voice in the semi-final. Oh, I was in the same wow. semi-final as Heidi Reagan, and she also was ill in that semi-final. So we are both sitting there really, really ill. And I remember I was doing my rap, and I remember losing my voice. I can hear it cracking oh. halfway through the rap. And I remember doing, obviously completing the set, but coming off stage and just bursting out in tears because I was like, that that was absolutely horrendous. Oh, dear. And and then they announced I was the last one to be announced that I was going through to the final, and I was like, okay, this is a bit crazy. <laughs> like I was just went from like tears of like sadness, thinking that I messed up, and I didn't realize how much it meant to me until I was like in that position. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. I went from tears of like sadness into tears of joy. At she was like, I'm going <laughs> yeah. the final. Oh my god! Yeah. And like Edinburgh to like have that situation in Edinburgh was absolutely amazing because you're oh, surrounded yeah. by other comics. You're surrounded by your feet your comic friends, and I was just I was actually like overjoyed, especially because I was in the final with like Heidi, who I know very well, yeah. and, um, and some other amazing comics as well who I knew. It was really a blessing for me. And then I was like, oh, I could actually. Then it, was, then it was the final. I was like, oh, we might have to do something with this now. Like People are like, you're in the final. You need to take this a little bit more seriously now. <laughs> and a true story. So I was, at the time I entered the competition, I was going by my nickname. A lot of people still call me Twix um, that I started out with like Helen Bauer still calls me Twix and she keeps forgetting that, like if I'm doing a show with her and she's emceeing that she needs to call me Sikisa. <laughs> but um, <laughs> a, but then I nearly entered the competition called Twix and then I was like, it's the BBC, you can't enter it with like such a weird name. Oh, so I entered it okay. with my real name yeah. and throughout the competition I kept annoying the producers by just going, going back and forth with my name changes (laughs) like i was like one day i was like i'm just gonna call myself twix and then i emailed them i was like sorry to bother you but can we just change the name again so i thought so it kept going back and forth with my name but um yeah it was it was literally the competition and being in that final that led me to be like you can actually do this like and then finding out that i won people's choice for that competition was like a great
0: it's in. It's interesting because I've written down uh, the competitions that you've been in, and it's interesting what you say. You were a finalist for the BBC New Com- Comedy Award in 2017. You were a regional finalist for the Funny Women competition in 2018, and you were a finalist for the Get Up Stand Up competition in 2019. It is interesting your take on competitions because. Do you think that if, yeah, you, I, if you appear in a competition, does that give you kudos for taking your career further or is, is it a hindrance? Or
1: I entered the BBC competition because I wanted to see if I could do it. Right. I wanted to give myself a challenge to see whether I could be seen as funny Fight, but if you want to consider it, industry. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, and that was a big platform. And then entering the other competition, obviously, funny women. As a woman in comedy, it's kind of like the go-to competition to enter. Um, and I've, I have entered it three times in each year. I've ended up being in the semi-final or regional final, and I'm like, just give me the final for God's sake! Just give me <laughs> Come on, the final. Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's happened three years in a row, um, and then with the getups competition, I entered it mainly because I wanted them to notice me. I wanted a spot at the, at the comedy club, right? And the competition only seemed to be the way in. So with competitions, it, sometimes it can be like beneficial for you to do it for your confidence. For example, the BBC competition for me, yeah. but other times competitions are good for you to be seen by producers, promoters, so they know your mm-hmm. how your style of comedy is and whether you could fit in with their comedy club. Yeah. So now, and obviously, it's like you can use it for clout as well. Yeah. Same with like like BBC is on my CV because I'm like that's <laughs> a big thing to be in the final, sure. so that's on my CV. And people look at it and will be like, oh, you're in a BBC final, that's really cool. Um, but at the same time, you can use it for clout to be like, I've done all these places, I've entered this competition, I've ended up in the final for this and this and this. And people will be like, okay, you might have some credibility to be a decent comic I might give you a spot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, well, well congratulations for getting so far in all of them because it's so deserved. Um, you also host... Two female-based shows: the comedy chat show "Girl Code" and the annual charity show "Stand Up for Women," which I saw last uh, last year and I thought was brilliant. Uh, how did these shows come about? Uh,
1: so, "Stand Up for Women" is uh, obviously a charity show I've been running for about six years now. Yeah, um, and I. Run it, or run it for solace women's Aid every single year because that's where I'm technically employed by. So I worked there um, and when I first joined we had to like do fundraising as a team and then I was like, well I'm a comedian I know a lot of funny women um, and at that time as well about six years ago female comics it was still very much like we were the only ones on a bill. Um, and all that kind of talk was going out there, and I wanted to be like, well, not only am I going to create awareness for solace and domestic abuse, but I'm going to use it as a positive for the fact that you can have a lineup of all women, and it's still be an awesome show. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, um, the first year, I did, crazily did five shows in two weeks. Um, and I was like yeah it was (laughs) it was crazy the first year and I was like not doing that again so then it just turned out to be an annual show (laughs) but yeah last year was obviously the pandemic in 2020 and I decided I was going to do an extra show at Christmas when we were allowed to and actually the show that you turned up was was the last day that we were allowed to be out before the lockdown, course, the third yeah, lockdown. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. we, I remember that, and it was a great show because we had Fern Brady on it, yeah, um, Maria Shahata was on it, Rosie Jones was on it. Yeah. It was a great, it was a great show. So that's the reason why I've got stand up for women to not only create awareness for like female comics and to prove that we are funny because I feel like that's still a conversation, but also to create awareness about domestic abuse, which is obviously a big topic in light of the pandemic as well. Um, but Girl Cold is a comedy chat show, which I didn't. I didn't have. Okay, I wouldn't lie. I did I was not confident doing a forty-five minute show in Edinburgh. Right. In twenty nineteen, something happened during that time, and I, I kind of felt defeated. I don't remember what, but like something happened, and I decided instead of like going up and like because Edinburgh is quite expensive as it is. Instead of going up for the full run and doing like a 45 minute show that I didn't have my heart in, I would go up and do a format show, um, which is a mixed bill show called Girl Code, which is, I plugged as a comedy chat show as if least women was funny. Uh, (laughs) That's how I plugged it. Uh, (laughs) And I went up with the show and it got a great reception Um, from the audience that came. We did like a lunchtime show and it was great. We had like people, I obviously had mixed bill shows, had different guests every single day, but also we would talk about a different topic every single day, whether it was topical or not. And then the audience would give us some questions that we would try and solve. Um, Because my theory was if the government can solve the problems, maybe the women can. Exactly, yes. So (laughs) we did that. um, And it was a fun show. And I I decided that I was going to try and make it into like a thing. So I I started doing the show regularly before lockdown. I did like three and then lockdown happened. And then I did them. then I try to put them online, but I'm yeah. not really good with online stuff. Putting them out myself, so yeah. yeah. I, I'm
0: I'm going off my own steam with this, and it's I've I've had loads of problems with it, but we seem to be all right now. Um, my view is that I think it's wonderful what you're doing, but I think if if a if a human is funny, whether they're a man or a woman, then they're funny. And mm. and there is place for everybody. There are so many brilliant uh, female comics that are that are over the last ten years are just flying. You got Kerry Godliman, Jen Brister, Vix Layton's coming up. You um, uh, Joe Brand, of course. Um, on and on and on and on. Sarah Milliken. There's loads yeah. of them. You know. So um, you know, if you're funny, you're funny. That should yeah. go on my gravestone, I think.
1: Yeah, it should, should do. You should have your own. You be like, yeah. you're funny, you're funny.
0: There's very few people that don't make me laugh. <laughs> right. Um, you previewed your debut solo show and were nominated for Best Newcomer at the Online Leicester Comedy Festival in 2020. Mm-hmm. Can you describe your writing process, please, and where you get your ideas from?
1: Uh, so the the show I did in 20... Oh, my God, that feels like ages ago. 2020. feels <laughs> so like ages ago. Yeah. I was actually quite shocked it got nominated because I turned up and I... So the, the show idea was re- revolved around an incident that happened and... And when I turned up at the Leicester Comedy Festival, I had one of my fr- one of my comedy friends was teching it, which was lovely to see, but also most of the audience was men, right. and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually I was doing that festival, and then a week later I was doing the Votes Festival, and I didn't enjoy how I felt after doing the less I didn't think anyone liked the show. Right. And then I did the let the votes festival the week after and I enjoyed that way better. But um it's all a learning curve anyway. But then I found out I got nominated and I was like, Oh, okay, this is interesting. Um, someone must have really liked it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which which gave me the confidence to like be like okay the show actually is a, a nice work in progress show and you you can obviously improve on it um but in terms of like writing i'm not honestly i'm not a very good writer right um i tried i've done like i tried to like push myself during lockdown and like write sitcom scripts and like write obviously i did my uh new version of my debut show at yeah. this year's Leicester, which also got nominated. Yay! Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Um, so, like, that's two years in a row this show has been nominated, even though I've changed it in the last year, because obviously it's not going to be the same show. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's evolved, and it probably will evolve by the time I debut it um, again. But my, my writing process is what's happening around at the time what do i want to talk about what do i feel needs to be talked about and what do i find funny um so the concept of the original show i'm a seven was that i didn't think that anyone was perfect uh let alone myself there's flaws with my like a lot of people my friends will be like i'm a quadruple threat because of the things that i do in my life like comedy my day job um just being I managed the bar the Cavendish at one point so I was doing like several things and people were like you're a quadruple threat and I was like no one's perfect so the concept of the show was around that and obviously it had like old jokes in it and like new jokes that I wrote specifically for the show and then I evolved it this year to um, the show Bad Guy which is all set in a party right. So the show is set in a in a party that I went to and I meet different characters and I interact with them and it comes and different subjects comes out of the interactions like race, immigration, my name, obviously, um, it's a good idea. me being a woman. Yeah, so I think the new version of it is a better one. And it, I think I'm never a person that learns from like reading or right. I can't like... I've never been like academically smart um, in terms of like reading and like learning that way. I've always been a person that learns from doing, right. so I have to do things practically yeah, yeah. in order for me to learn, and that's what I think lockdown has helped me do because I didn't not stop gigging. I carried on gigging and it pushed me to write new material because we're like, we're still gigging. We can't just not we can't just be doing the same two thousand and twenty yeah, yeah. set. We can't be doing that. Yeah. A two thousand nineteen set. We can't be doing that. We need to like evolve. So, so that's what
0: so do you think that if you were doing a ten minute routine or a twenty minute routine would you approach that differently to write in a full hour or 45 minutes show?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would. Like, I find, like, with a whole show, what I've learned is you've got to have a structure. Like, I obviously, a lot of shows have got, like, a, a sub story at the end, or, like, something happens and there's a twist. Yeah. Or... I don't even think you have to have that for a sure. show. I just think you have to have a structure where even if you're like combining all the jokes that you've ever done in your life, it has to flow so it it feels like it's one continuous story. Of course, yeah. Whereas if I'm doing like a ten or twenty minute set, um, then we could talk about anything. Like yeah. I can just do I could I could do this and we'll be fine. And obviously because I yeah. I have I do comparing as well. I yeah, am MC yeah. like I can just riff with the audience members oh, and be comfortable doing say you're that. You're very very
0: good uh, at, at bantering with the crowd which is a massive asset to be a great comedian.
1: Yeah, I I like to have a little fun yeah. with the audience sometimes. Yeah.
0: Well, it, well it well it puts them at ease because they get on with you and it yeah. puts you at ease because if you've chatted to a few of them you 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 know you would know I would think the what the audience is like and you can and you're free to say whatever you like from then on
1: yeah i also think like make having a awareness with the audience and letting them into your like circle means that you're like buddies and therefore that benefits the other comics on the bill yeah i think if everyone's on board from the get-go and you're like we're just here to have a good time yeah. people we're gonna have some fun we're gonna have some laughs we're gonna have some yeah. dance just relax we all know what we're doing yeah and just have fun exactly, um yeah. i think that benefits everyone on the bill yeah yeah
0: exactly I, uh, I, when i yeah. um, when i started writing the blog. I went on a half-day writing course, and 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 the, and the woman said, "Oh, um, we can't remember who you were and why, and why we invited you because there were some other people who wanted to be reviewers." And I said, "Well, I'm not a reviewer. I'm not a diarist. I'm not a critique, and I'm not a reporter. I'm a member of the audience, and I'm out to have a good time." And so, my I always look at my blog as and regard it as an infuse. It's it's a praise for. Um, as I said before, all the all the people that go out and 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 actually perform, you're not there to see anybody else. You're there to see the comedians, and you're out to you to enjoy yourself. So you're right. You're out to have a fun night.
1: Yeah, like I've been to gigs outside of London where people dress up because obviously outside of london there may not be as many comedy gigs as there are inside of london and people like dress up and like propagate make this a night out and they're just there to have fun and you're like okay fine we're gonna entertain you um and that's and that's i think that's the mentality you have to go in at a gig is that everyone's just there to have fun and we're all there to have a laugh
0: yeah my my home city is carlisle and the comedy scene up there is, is really coming on. But you're right, that the, some of the audiences were quite formal, they would go out and make a night of it, you know, and it, it was interesting to see. Um, how do you remember all your stories when you're on stage? Do you think this comes from experience or do you have pointers or do you make notes?
1: Um. So um, originally, I think like most people when they were starting out, I, I used to have like tag words on ha- the back of my hand. Right. And I, sometimes I will still do that if I've got like new material that I'm like, okay, that needs to go there. Um, oh, yes, yeah,
0: yeah. Need to get I this think, line
1: in. <laughs> yeah, tag, tag words that are probably the best way for someone to remember, like right. a set. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I can't, even if I write out a joke... I can't remember it unless I practically do it. Right. So I have I've there's jokes that I've read which may be funny, but I don't remember any of them because I've never done them. Um, <laughs> I've got to actually practically do them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order for me to like know that it feels comfortable. And even the other day, I was someone asked me about a really old joke that I did, and I couldn't. Rem- and I was like started at the beginning and then I was like oh it's just we're well, just continuing the joke because it's so ingrained in my body it's like body memory right so um,
0: it's interesting that though isn't it that you have to feel as though you have to perform it to get the best out of it
1: yeah because I think yeah. with me as well like I said I'm not like the best writer I think my comedy is um, in blemished Yeah, that's probably not the best word. <laughs> Again, I'm not good with words. Um, um, uh, in uh, broaden. No, that's Broad- not even yeah, the best word. <laughs> yeah. I know
0: what I know what you mean. You know what I, mean. I don't know what the word yeah. is myself, but I know. I know yeah. I know what you're getting
1: at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By my personality. Yeah. So I think broadened even if a joke is, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think even if like i i say a joke like flatly it, i need to like perform it so i know this is what i'm gonna do because i'm also like a mover on stage yeah. i can't just it's like some people just stand there with a mic i can't do that i need to like be moving because i i do have like energy on stage and i want to like throw that out there that hey i'm throwing some energy at you you're yeah. gonna take it and then you're gonna throw it back
0: at me. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a great thing because if you move around, you're saying to the crowd, "I'm gonna make you all laugh," and you're not leaving until you're laughing. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think it's a really good device to move yeah. around. Yeah. Um, do you prefer comparing to uh, comedy routines?
1: Oh, it would depend on where I am at. Yeah. Um it, w- it would, yeah, it would depend on the venue or like the comedy club, to be honest. Like some places that I, before lockdown, had a regular MC spot at, like Angel, Comedy Virgins, Top Secret, yeah. was nice. But sometimes it's, sometimes it's difficult because you're MCing when you want to get a set out. Right. Like being able to perfect a fifteen-minute set is difficult to do in comparing, and people have said to me, who have seen me like compare quite a lot, because obviously when I compare, I will drop in a joke, like a that a joke that I will do in a set, but I just can't do like a whole full set because I'm MC. and people have said to me, "Oh, it's nice to see you do a, a set," and I'm like. But it's the same jokes that you've seen. It's just that they've just been broken up in, in an MC set. Because obviously, as an MC, you're it's a good there. Yeah, doing it. Yeah, you're just there all night, aren't you? So you're just like, let's just see if I can throw this joke in. Yeah. And I think I'm very good at like getting something out of someone and then linking it into a, a joke that I've got. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But when people are like, "Oh, it's nice to see you do a, a set." It was really, and that was a really good set I'm just like you see me do those jokes it's just that they've been separate <laughs> so I, think, I, I do think, um, uh, yeah I think it's it depends on where I am yeah, and like yeah. sometimes you do feel like a lot of pressure because MC because it's your role
0: I was just gonna say yeah you like you, you yeah. are in control of the night and you have to make sure the audience are warmed up enough to bring the acts on. So, yeah, exactly. so so it's quite a responsible job and and yet again you do it well when I've seen you do it you' you're really engaging on stage you come across really well and very positive so so, it's, a, so it's, a, it's it's a great thing to see um do you have any ambitions as a comedian would you like uh, would you like to be on a chat show would you like to write a sitcom and anything like that?
1: I think there's like three things I would like to achieve in the next couple years. years. Uh, I like four things. Right. Yeah. Four, <laughs> <first>. four <laughs> things. Four no, things. It might increase. Yeah, right. right
0: it
1: <laughs> so the first one is to debut my show in Edinburgh. Um, I was meant to do it this year, but obviously due to COVID, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I happened.
0: see. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is to perform at Live at Apollo. Right. That's a big. I think that's a big. Like, I think if you're on Live at Apollo, then you are seen as a comic.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's a one of the big things. Uh, and the other one is to be on Mop the Week.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Uh. I love that show, especially when Frankie Boy was on it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, he yeah, was
0: brilliant. Yeah.
1: And then. Get like a either a sitcom or like a podcast or like a form show, like Girl Code, yeah, like actually produced and put out there,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And then the probably the last one there is five. There's I really five. I like <laughs> right, that's five. The last one is, yeah, the last one is I would love to do something as a comic related to wrestling. Not like telling wrestling jokes, but like... To, I love wrestling so much. Like, I've just spent the whole weekend watching wrestling. I've, I'm really <laughs> tired. Like, I've had four coffees. Uh, uh, up I've been here. up yeah. Yeah, I've been up <laughs> since, like, to, like, 5 a.m. just watching wrestling for the past two I nights. I never knew that. That's wonderful. Yeah so, yeah. so, I'm, like, a big wrestling fan. I love wrestling. And to be able wow. to do something associated with wrestling. Yeah,
0: yeah, um,
1: yeah. Even if it's, like, hosting or presenting yeah. a show... Would be such a big thing for me, wow. um, especially as a person of color and a woman, because women in wrestling, as like talking about it, is very, very rare. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. being able to do that would mean like the world to me.
0: That's amazing, because um, as soon as you said wrestling, it reminded me of uh, having my tea on a Saturday, watching the wrestling on World of Sport in the 70s.
1: <laughs> and then it moved on to ITV, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember was watching.
0: Like, it, it, there was yeah. all this Wrestling on at tea time on a Saturday. Um, all, yeah, I remember that. Also, <laughs> as well, your wonderful ambitions. Um, I uh, was trying to work out whether or not you'd been to Edinburgh, but this was going to be your first debut show this, this last year. I go to Edinburgh every year for my holiday and I go up there for a week and I see about 50 shows so when edinburgh is back you're top of the list i'm going to see that show <laughs> there that's one thing um, i've been in yeah. the, i've been in the audience for live at the apollo so mm-hmm. and i'm and you will be great on that and the other one um, uh, for mock the weekend live at the Apollo. How does the process work? Do you have to apply to be on them, and then they will let you know, or do you have to go for an audition, or how, how think,
1: does it work? I think it's basically people who are on the radar of like industry. Right. Obviously, like producers who produce those shows yeah. often get in touch with agents or comics oh, directly right. about whether they would be a good fit for shows and obviously there is like a like a it's maybe not like an audition but like you do go into like not actual shows but like warm up gigs I see
0: or like Like,
1: for like um, Mock the Week kind of style panel shows or like other stuff but it's like people know your work from like being associated with like writing or like um Like performing at a certain thing, like I did Jonathan Ross Comedy Club last year, which was a big thing. Yeah, you were brilliant. Yeah, Yeah. which was a big thing for me. And then people, obviously, saw me on that. I like producers and like wanted to get in touch about talking about other projects. So like those kind of like domino effect will help someone's career and stuff like that. But like Edinburgh is like a big thing for like comics, especially up-and-coming comics because they can obviously create a showcase for you. Like Lauren Patterson is a great example of that. Janine Harouni is another great example of that. Um, How they can open up doors for you. Helen Bauer was nominated um, for it. So is Hughes Davies. It's just a great... Sophie Duke um, is another one. She's amazing. Those kind of people who are like Worked with for several years, and known as people in comedy over several years, and who are good people and deserve all their success. Those yeah. kind of doors have opened yeah. because of like the one thing that has like effect had a domino effect.
0: Yes, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's going to be um, wonderful to see you there. As I say, when I when I go up, it really is. I'm I'm i I've got every phase You're going to be absolutely wonderful up there. Um, who are your favourite comedians, past and present? Who makes you laugh?
1: People love to ask this question a lot, um, <laughs> and I don't really have like a favourite favourite comic. Right. Um, I really in. I grew up watching a lot of British sitcoms. Right. So like. Never mind, uh, and like, uh, um like British, like, what's it called? Like, panel shows. Oh, yeah. Obviously, back yeah. in those days, there wasn't as much as there was now. But like, never mind. The buzzcocks was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, I used to watch uh, Keeping Up Appearances. That was always on in the house. Really. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's great. Dinner Ladies. <laughs> oh yeah, she um, was, was on. The whole
0: Victoria Wood.
1: Yeah, I so I used to watch a lot of like British sitcoms in the house. Yeah. So, and like stand up was never something like obviously I knew Victoria Wood from Dinner Lazers, but I didn't know that she was a stand up. Sure, yeah. Same with like um, Eddie Izzard.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I wasn't really associating that with stand up because I was quite young, but yeah. like, gro- then I got into like watching Def Jam comedy Brilliant. when it was a big thing and like seeing like Martin Lawrence and like all these American like Bernie Mac all these American like sick and obviously women and again wasn't really featured in that show that much but if they were they were smashing it Um, and obviously as a person of colour watching it was like a big thing because obviously that was happening in America and all we really had was Lenny Henry yeah 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 yeah. that's the end uh, unfortunately so like those was kind of thing and then recently it's just been Kevin Hart I think he's naturally so funny like I've seen him on like I've seen him on like chat shows um just just smashing it just like not even like just trying to be fu- like funny he's just naturally funny he will open up his mouth and he's been funny he'd be late to an interview he was like you never guess what happened so there was a baby in the street and the baby and i was just like oh my god like he's away he's off yeah and he was just like he would just go on and i was yeah. watching his interview he was doing that for like five minutes but it was hilarious um
0: Brilliant, yeah. that's great and uh, like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience, either as a comedian or before you were
1: a comedian? Before I was a comedian, I used to go to a lot of like urban comedy gigs mm. um, so I used to go and watch a lot of urban comedy gigs, was a show that was in Cotton's um, that was an angel. Right. It was like a West Indian restaurant called right. Cottons, and it was an angel. And downstairs on a Wednesday, they would do an, a comedy night, and that's when I met <coughs> people like Booker T, Dame Baptiste. They used to come in there and trying out new jokes and new material. Brilliant. Um, and I would go there with my friends, my two friends, every single week. Wait, like every other week. So we were there regularly, um, and we used to love that. And then as soon as I started, like, doing gigs, obviously I would go and support friends. Sometimes I would, um, especially when they were coming up to doing their, like, Edinburgh shows, I would go and watch their previews and stuff like that. But in the last couple of years, I haven't actually sat down and been an audience member because I have been so busy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's a great sign. Well, not trying
1: to boast, but, like, I I generally until like june last year i was if i wasn't gigging in the evening i was working in the pub right and then i had a day job as well so it was like
0: yeah there's a lot there
1: yeah, yeah yeah i would wake up go to work leave work go to my day job, yeah. or to job or go to the evening job or go to a gig and then i wouldn't get home until like 12 o'clock yeah, uh, yeah. one o'clock in the morning and you're like okay that's six hours sleep let's get up and do it you all again do it all again <laughs> Um, yeah and then like Sunday was like probably my only day off yeah, and then yeah. I was that's like tiring. that's sleep that, that yeah.
0: yeah um if you're on a comedy bill do you stay and watch the other act?
1: yeah yeah Always. i like to uh, yeah yeah i i if i if i'm not doubling up yeah i would i would be there at the beginning of the show yeah, and i'll yeah. watch the show yeah. um yeah I mean, it's it's number one especially if you're on in the second section it's good to see how the audience are reacting to other comics yes yeah yeah. you get to see how like how far you can go with com- com- comics because sometimes you'll go to a comedy gig with a set in mind you're like this or what I'm going to do today and then you're like you get there and you're like you realise the audience may not be on par. We like no, we like no. Nope, we're gonna change that set. We're gonna change it to something else. We're gonna put yeah. that joke in instead of that one. <laughs> so sometimes you, it's good to go watch the audience. Barry Ferns from Angel told me that's a very important thing to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, He would just that's go, right. especially if he was emceeing. He would go and watch the audience, um, just in general. And I remember I do this quite a lot sometimes. That if I'm outside just chatting to like. Um, like if I'm just outside just chilling and like some random person will just like talk to me at a comedy gig I will talk to them and they're like oh what are you doing I'm just like I'm just here just waiting for a friend
0: we were were waiting for to go into the um, stand up for women gig and you were outside and we were chatting to you yeah just chatting I just like to
1: chat but also (laughs) people don't know that you're a comic yeah (laughs) especially as if you're MC in that show it's hilarious (laughs) It's hilarious it, that, it, and I've done that brilliant. several times. Yeah, yeah I've done it's, that several times at Angel, yeah. like Bill Murray, when I've done. I've just been like, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just gonna watch the yeah, show yeah. in a bit, and then and then, then, you, the, then you announce yourself <laughs> off on stage, and you're like, it.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, it's just, I think it's good anyway, and also it's like it's nice to see. I like, one thing I've missed during lockdown is being able to hang out with my comedy friends yes, and just yeah. have a banter yeah. and just watch them smash yeah. sets. So cool. it's nice to see other funny people. Because people, obviously you asked me who's my favourite comedians. My favourite comedians are people that I watch nowadays, like yeah. Rosie Jones. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, she's always commenting that the fact that I've got great tits, so that's always a bonus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Helen Bower's absolutely it's hilarious she's a beast on yeah. stage yeah. um I, I just love watching other comics and just every everyone's so different and they right. even
0: I, I, I can't get enough of it um 2020 and the start of 2021 has been really awful and a very strange year for everybody. Uh, Have you done many online gigs? How have you found them as opposed to live gigs? And what do you think the future is for live comedy?
1: I've I've done quite a lot of online shows. You would have known because you've been at most of them. No, I I was quite lucky during the pandemic. that I have managed to gig, yeah. I have managed to gig online. I've done shows for Always Be Comedy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, next up Leicester Comedy Festival, yeah. the Cavendish. They did online shows, yeah. so I did those. Uh, just that, just the support. Like, obviously, they're they new acts nights, nice, uh, so I was just there, as, like, doing the material as like. But it's just nice to support that. Have In yeah. general, yeah. Um, I. I've done gifts for funny women, online shows that were obviously a bit weird and no one obviously knew how long they were gonna take. Yeah, or like yeah. how long like we were gonna be in that situation. But at the same time, comedy wise, I think it's been good f- for me to do because it's broadened my audience. You've been able to, especially with like me doing my Leicester comedy festival show. If I'd done it in person, it would just been people in Leicester. But sure people all over the UK purchase and sometimes even outside of uh, UK purchase tickets to the show. Yeah, yeah. So, and like doing a show like the COVID Arms and Always Be Comedy, James Gill has been a blessing to me during COVID. Oh, he's amazing. He's, he's, yeah, during lockdown, he's yeah. been an absolutely blessing. Yeah. Um, and I'm so thankful for him because he had, he has basically like said, here's a gig, do a gig, do my first gig, and he's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna champion you right now, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. And his 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 faith, especially with the cult as I like to call them, um, have <laughs> always been comedy. Um <laughs> I
0: don't
1: know how to answer that (laughs) It's it's just been amazing Um, It is an amazing
0: experience Live and online that, that, That comedy club I mean from from, from my point of view, I, 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 ne- I would go to a live comedy night and I would never sit in the front row. And after, after the first gig I went to six years ago, at Always Be Comedy, my friend said, let's sit on the front row. And I've never looked back. And, and, and they, he takes the mickey out of me every week. It's wonderful. And certainly with the lockdown, with the online stuff, um, when it first started, was no audio so i would sit here laughing at four walls and nobody could hear me <laughs> and um, they they then started to open the audio up and i think they were the first to do this and it meant that the comedians were good with the timing of the jokes but they could also chat to the front row mm. and hear the laughter with the timings and everything but i go yeah. to sean james's happy mondays i'm going there tonight um uh, I go to Jarlath Regan's Irishman abroad, uh <coughs> gigs on a Friday night, Return of the Crake or the Crack mm. or whatever it's called. I keep getting that word wrong, it's crack, it's Irish. <laughs> um but um uh They are very, very good, but to me, they're they're a super substitute, you know. I I don't know what I would have done without them uh, during the (laughs) lockdown, but by God, I miss live comedy. Yeah, uh,
1: but, like, I think this has given people a platform to, like, like I say, reach a larger audience. If you look like, I did GigaList the other day, and... it's a great show and like like Catherine's done an amazing job with that show same with Always Be Comedy the the, the build up of audience I think
0: I think um, when live comedy returns there'll still be a live stream there'll still be a live stream because uh, there's so many folk tune in um, who can't get to comedy clubs and that's uh, that's only good you know but um, yeah but also for
1: comics who can't travel yeah yeah. Like, for example, I had never done, I think I only done one gig at Manchester right in person because it's quite far from me in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a two also, hour like, train ride, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's like a two and a half hour train yeah. ride. The train yeah. runs the actual train tickets are actually quite expensive yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. to go to Manchester. Yeah. And then the last train is like 11, like 10 o'clock. So you don't get home until like two o'clock in, yeah. or like one o'clock in the morning. It's a long and then day. I did the Frog yeah. and Bucket the other day and
0: very that is
1: good yeah it's club. just a great gig to yeah. be able to do to yeah. to to a club that you may not have been able to do yeah in yeah. person
0: yeah 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 it is it is it's it. there are there are big advantages and disadvantages for both um just before we go and i've so enjoyed chatting to you i really have it's been wonderful um is there anything else you'd like to say uh, have you got any online gigs coming up are you writing uh, where can folk find you on social media that sort of thing
1: well you can find me on Instagram which is twixchock87 uh, yeah. so it's t- or you can if you google or like no google if you touch and type in the search of comedy it should pop up um, like I said, Twix is a name that I would used to go by. Um, I, I am a Comedy on Twitter, but I hardly use Twitter unless, I'm, unless I've unless i been ranting about wrestling at 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I will never forget um,
0: the wrestling references.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: never um, knew that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, I've got a website, so it's www.sikisacomedy.com. Com, which is something I did during lockdown I uh, managed to get that done by a very it good friend too,
0: well, very easy to navigate round
1: yeah well, I got a friend to do it for me because <laughs> like now i've got a friend uh, who runs swiss chocolates production or pictures i should say right. swiss chocolate pictures pictures According my comedy husband uh adrian house so he does all my like uh, videos and stuff for me and those pictures that i took recently he does those yeah, right.
0: um,
1: <laughs> he, he's great he's just like easy easy i'm like do my pictures for me he's like yeah do my website for me I'm like yeah oh. um um so but yeah if you follow me on like uh Probably the best one is like Instagram. Sure. Once live shows comes up properly, I will list my dates on. I have got bookings in right. for like Brighton. I'm doing a Brighton Fringe. I'm doing Camden Fringe. So I'm doing Girl Code as well at Camden Fringe. Right. So that should be fun. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be bringing Girl Code back. Uh, so follow me on Instagram. There's Brilliant. a Girl Code Instagram as well. You just follow me i'm around everywhere someone said to me the other day you know someone's doing well if they're not if you if you're not even looking at their page you're on everyone else's page i'm like thanks i'm, around. I'm like i'm like a cockroach you cannot get you can't get rid of me i'm around
0: well i hope you stick around for a long long time i've thoroughly enjoyed as i said talking to you and i'm looking forward very much to seeing you live again soon
1: yeah, it would be lovely to see you too. Thank you, um, so you are much. such a great supportive person for comedy. And we need more people like you because uh, obviously, save life comedy is a big thing. So keep supporting live comedians because, especially with like lockdown, we wasn't really seen as important. Sure, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I, well, I try and do my best, and thank you so much for your kind words. It's been lovely. All the best to you, and thank you so much. Thank you.